Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. This is Rich Valdez, and you're tuning in to a special edition of This is America. We're going to be talking about the big win that the United States had, right? Because Hispanics, Hispanics like me, as you guys know, I'm a Puerto Rican. I am a Trump supporter, and I get a lot of grief for that because even though fall is here, I still get beat up because, you know, I'm a Latino, Hispanic, Boricua, however you want to call me, an American of Puerto Rican descent. I do believe that immigration should be controlled. I believe that people should come into this country the right way. I believe that breaking the rules is not the right thing to do. And I believe in America first. But the big win that I'm talking about that America had this past Friday was the unemployment, right? So unemployment numbers came in again and our jobs rate, we're now at like 96% or slightly higher than 96% clearly almost full unemployment in America. In particular, and that's across the board, but in particular, there's also a lot of emphasis being put from the administration on the gains that have been made with Hispanics and African Americans and their unemployment. Check this out. Unemployment claims have hit a 45-year low. And something I'm very proud of, African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. And Hispanic-American unemployment has also reached the lowest levels in history. Small business confidence is at an all-time high. The stock market has smashed one record after another. Now, speaking of small businesses, I myself was a small business owner. As an entrepreneur, I started doing business for myself in high school. Now, in high school, I I grew up in Brooklyn, and my parents, like I told you, were born in Puerto Rico. And when they split up, I ended up moving about six miles across the river, across the Hudson River, into Hudson County, New Jersey. Now, in Hudson County, New Jersey, where I lived, I went to North Bergen High School. I had an interesting class. It was a graphics class. And in that class, we had an assignment that we had to do. And the class before me also had the same assignment. And they had to make a a flyer on the, we had a lithographic press there. So a friend of mine, I had been messing around with a pair of clippers that I had, not even doing haircuts, just kind of putting designs in people's hair, like carving designs into their hair. That was popular at that time in the early 90s. I would do that. And my buddy decided, kind of as a gag, as a joke, to make flyers uh, four to a page on eight and a half by 11 as his project for the class that preceded mine. And they had the um, industrial sized paper cutter in there. So they did that. And before you knew it, he did a whole ream because that was the whole the project was to do a ream of flyers. And before you knew it, there were 
literally 4,000 or 2,000, excuse me, flyers going around my high school with my name and phone number on them saying that I was giving haircuts. The saying goes, a star was born. I'm going to say a business was born. And my barbershop, Fat Fades Barbershop, was was born out of my house. And I did that for several years and I built up a clientele until I started my own barbershop during my senior year of high school. So if anybody's going to come to me and tell me that they don't believe in entrepreneurship or that they don't believe in high taxes, uh, that's me, right? I do believe in entrepreneurship. And what turned me into a conservative from day one was the fact that they were after my money. Here I am, a kid, you know, Puerto Rican kid, grew up in Brooklyn, raised in Jersey, urban area. I'm making money. I'm making my own way. And the government's got their hand out. They want to take my money in taxes. I'd say at the height of the business, I was probably doing 100 haircuts a day. And it was a very busy shop where I was able to do something that most people that are serving in Congress right now have never done, which is create jobs. I had six barber chairs in total, one of which I use. So I had I created five jobs and I had five employees. But what I'm most proud of there was not the fact that I did any of that. What what really makes me happy is that each of those people that worked for me at one point eventually went and opened their own shop. So we weren't just creating jobs for people. We were actually helping them to create their own businesses. I got out of the barber business and got into other business and eventually got into communications and broadcasting and public uh, relations. However, most of the guys that worked for me stayed in that business. When I would go to pay my taxes, I was shocked at the 35 to 40 percent tax bracket that I fell into. And I was amazed that the government would take that much money away from me just for breathing, right? Just for doing business as income tax. That I found shocking, but I'm not the only one that found that shocking. My mi hermana from the Bronx, right? And I'm not talking about our favorite Congresswoman AOC, who I've nicknamed All Out Crazy. And don't let anybody tell you, I made that up. (laughs) All right. I coined the phrase All Out Crazy, but I'm talking about specifically a very talented rapper. Now, you may not like rap music, but Cardi B is a very endearing. She's very affable. She's occasionally very raunchy. She's not, like I said in the past, Not the type of entertainment that I would recommend for my kids or your kids, but definitely the type of entertainment that if you're an adult and you're into rap music and you want a good laugh, really humorous, very talented. And Cardi B had a few things to say earlier this year about taxes that really resonated with me. So I want to share that with you now. Check this out. So, you know, the government is taking 40 percent of my taxes. And Uncle Sam, I want to know what you're doing with my tax money because you know what I'm saying like when you donate like when you donate to a kid from a foreign country they give you updates of what they doing with your donation I want to know what you're doing with my tax Cardi B wants to know what they're doing with your bleep with with her bleeping tax money I don't disagree with her and I don't think you do either I think Cardi B is onto something what she's saying right now in in uh, her own way is she wants transparency in government. She wants government accountability. She wants to know where her dollars are going. Nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. She's benefiting from the Trump economy. She's making more money than she's ever, ever made right now in the administration of Donald J. Trump with her business. She is her brand. She is her business. She creates music. She sells the music. She's making movies. She's doing her thing. So with that being said, I understand why Cardi's upset. 
when she finds out that if she makes a million dollars, she's only going to come home with five or six hundred thousand. And she goes on money because I'm from New York and the streets is always dirty. We was voted the dirtiest city in America. What is y'all doing? There's still rats on the damn trains. Now, what's interesting here, and I don't know her position on Bill de Blasio, but I can tell you this. Bill de Blasio, the Democrat that's currently in charge of running New York City, in my opinion, has been doing a terrible job. A terrible job, and he's doing a disservice to the citizens of New York City. This is out of control. Like I told you, today we're visiting in Philly, but my regular Monday through Friday, my grind every day, public transportation into the city. And let me tell you, it is a cesspool of corruption. There are mental health issues left, right and center. You walk around, you actually see people that look like zombies walking around with hospital bands around their wrist. Some of them are even wearing scrubs because perhaps their clothes got dirty and the hospital gave them clothes. They literally leaning around as if they were going to fall and topple right over. And I've got video on this and I'll be posting it on my social media, on Twitter, on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us at therichvaldez.com is the website. And I'm on Twitter at Rich Valdez with an S, R-I-C-H-V-A-L-D-E-S. The gist of what I'm getting at here is that so far she said she wants to see what the government is doing. She believes in government accountability. Why is the government taking all this money in tax? So it sounds to me like... She doesn't like this whole uh, tax and spend liberalism, number one. Number two, now she's taking shots at de Blasio vis-a-vis her comments without saying his name. But listen to this. No, you're not spending it in no damn prison because y'all be giving like two underwears, one jumpsuit for like five months. So what is y'all doing with my money? What is y'all doing with my money? I want to know. I want receipts. I want everything. I want to know what y'all doing with Uncle Sam, I want to know what you do with my boop, boop, money. <laughs> I want to know what you do with my money. <laughs> I think Cardi is so funny. I mean, you tell me, how could you get mad at somebody like that? She, to me, is so endearing in her personality. Her delivery is so genuine. She did not let her circumstances define where she ends up, right? It's definitely affected her journey, but make no mistake, she's making lots of money. And like Chappelle joked in his recent special, Cardi may in fact benefit from one of the Trump tax cuts. She's taking this position where she wants to know what's going on with the money. The federal government has come out and said that there isn't a recession, but the media everywhere you turn, right? So I'm in the barbershop, switching gears back to that story. I went to the barbershop yesterday and no, it wasn't to get a haircut for all you funny guys out there. It was not. You guys know I got the best head of hair in radio, but it was because I was there with a buddy of mine and he was checking out the barbershop and I was talking to the owner of the barbershop, Dominican guy, big shout to In The Cut Barbershop in Little Ferry and uh, my guy, Joel. He tells me, well, you know, Rich, tell me what's going on, because I've heard, you know, with the recession that's coming, you know, we're about to go into a recession. I said, "Er, skirt, skirt, skirt. No, hold up. I had to hit the brakes because why? There is no recession, right? If you look at the stock market, it goes up and down. But for the most part, it's the arrows are green and they're facing up. If that is not enough for you, listen to this. Yeah. um, So we're not forecasting or expecting a recession. Um, by so many measures, the labor market continues to strengthen. So the consumer's in good shape, and and really, there's there's uh, our our main expectation is not at all that there'll be a recession. 
Okay, so if you fell asleep during that cut, I don't blame you because that's uh, Chairman Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, and he wasn't the most eventful guy, but his last statement was, we do not believe that we're headed towards a recession. And he gave all of the uh, the factual data to support his claim. The reality is, the reason that the Democrats cry about a recession, the reason that the Democrats cry about racism, it's because of a few different factors. One of them is that they are race obsessed. Racism is one of the few things they can hang their hat on to try and continue to drive a wedge. They're not driving awareness about an issue. They're driving a wedge between the American people. Moreover, they want you to believe that the economy is failing despite your friends working, despite you probably getting a raise and having more work and being busier and getting more overtime because they want you to believe that Trump has been a failure. This one after the other, this is, I can't even call it identity politics. I'm going to call it personality politics. Cardi and everybody else likely would vote for the Trump policies if his name were not attached to them. But because it's Donald Trump, because he's orange, because he's got blonde hair that's whitish and it swoops, because he's funny, because he's from New York and because he is cocky, they don't like him. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. I'm in the car yesterday. I'm listening to NPR because I love to hear what they're talking about. I hear what sounds like a woman that I would probably say uh, a white woman, another woman that sounds African-American, and then a, a white guy. And they're having this conversation. And then another guy, I believe a black guy, he chimes in. And they're having this conversation about dogs and they're talking about a dog named samson and another dog named vader and they were saying that they're pit bulls and pit mix and i found it really interesting because i have uh, in my past have had pit bulls and my family still has mr peterman his name is Petey. i like to call him mr peterman cute little pit bull so I, i'm listening to what they're saying but then she starts describing how her dog likes likes to bark at people i mean he would bark people on bikes he'd bark at people in motorized chairs he hates everything he's classist he's ableist he's ageist he's racist but why racist though Samson just sounds grumpy. I mean, he is grumpy. Part of the reason why I, you know, was wondering if Samson is racist in the first place is because when I first tried to adopt him, the foster told me that Samson doesn't like men in hoodies. Did you hear that? I was floored. Floored. She's fostering a dog or she's picking it up from where the dog was being fostered. And they say the dog's not very friendly towards men in hoodies. And she automatically equates this to racism now i don't know about you but if somebody says a guy in a hoodie i think of myself i love wearing hoodies i'm bald i always throw the hood up 
But she automatically equates men in hoodies to a black guy or to black men altogether. And then she wants to call the dog racist. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she should check herself. She should invest in a mirror. She potentially might be the racist here. I don't know. They then go on to talk about how she's going to bring her dog to a study. A study to find out if the dog is actually racist. I'm not kidding. This is real. This is a real thing I heard on NPR yesterday. Check this out. The thing about Samson is that he barks at everyone, but I swear to God, he barks like more and more relentlessly and won't stop at our black friends or our friends who have darker skin. I've always wondered, is Samson racist? Can a dog even be racist? (laughs) I mean, I don't want a racist dog. No, who would? Yeah. So to figure that out, Samson and I go on this road trip to New Haven. This sounds like sketch comedy. But this is the real deal. They're headed to Yale University. Now, quick sidebar. Just a week ago, one of the professors from Yale, a big psychiatrist, was all over the media, even on the Mark Levin Show, which you can uh, check out for sure on the Mark Levin podcast, talking about how crazy Trump was and how just insane things are. This is to show you how people are really latching on to this idea of racism, It's absolute insanity the way Dr. Brandy X. Lee was talking about Trump being a racist lunatic. The way this woman is saying that her dog is a racist and she's taking him to Yale for a study. Listen to this. Yale University has this thing called the Canine Cognition Center, which has a bunch of different studies that they're trying out right now that are all in their very early stages. I've had a couple of dogs. I don't know about you, but I do know that when you're walking a dog, if you freak out, and when I say freak out, what I mean is if you start tugging on the the, the leash, trying to get the dog closer to you because maybe there's another dog and you don't want your dog to get too close to that dog, your dog doesn't interpret that as, oh, I had better really get closer to you uh, unless you've really developed that type of bond and have trained them how to walk on a leash. Oftentimes, if you're anxious, your dog will get anxious. They, you transfer all of your energy onto that dog. If you're afraid going near a dog, the dog gets afraid. He's like, what's this guy afraid of? I better, better be on my toes. People are what influence dogs. Dogs are not influencing people. Yeah, they can make us happy. Yes, they're man's best friend, but they're dogs. And we are people. Somehow, I think they're getting this confused. So listen to this researcher. The head researcher is Lori Santos. Some of my friends think I'm just playing with cute dogs all the time. Um, but really, I would describe it as trying to come up with studies so that we can figure out more how dogs think about the world and whether they think about the world in the same way that humans do. She's doing a study. This is Yale University, folks, an Ivy League. Yale University studying whether dogs think and look at the world the way people do. Are you kidding People grab guns and kill people, right? We saw these lunatics with mental illness doing this for the last couple of months. When when do you see dogs doing that? Now, if you're going to come at me and say, yeah, but some dogs freak out and they do dog attacks. All right, whatever. I'm willing to bet that those dogs are not doing that based on race unless they were taught to do it on race because these types of things, this is the media pushing this narrative down our throats. Hate is something that is taught, especially to a dog. Unless you've never been around a puppy, 
They might be the most loving things ever besides babies. But this researcher wants to prove is the dog racist or is the dog not racist? <laughs> is human owner or what they call here, they don't call it owner, they call it the, the dog's guardian. Is the guardian influencing what's going on? What I find interesting is how the radio host who's doing this experiment at Yale brings her dog Samson and she gets some pretty shocking results because she's got her thumb on the scale. But listen to this. In order to figure out if dogs think similarly, she doesn't only study dogs. She studies people, too. So she studied me. And she made me take this implicit association test, which basically helps us understand biases. Here's just what the results said. Your data suggests a moderate automatic preference for black people over white people. Yeah, you heard that right. She's racist against whites. (laughs) The white lady who brings her dog there for being racist is now racist against whites. Although she says her dog barks more again, uh, when he's encountering uh, black males or their black friends, she said. I think this is very, very funny because what does anybody know about any of this? When was the last time you sat down with your dog and asked your dog, hey, listen, how do you feel about so-and-so? Because, you know, I know so-and-so is from Asia or I know so-and-so, you know, is African-American. Whose dog sits there and gives them this information? This is completely, utterly nuts. Now, listen, I'm not trying to bore you with this NPR stuff, but it blew me away. I sat there for all 40 minutes and listened to this. I cut this down into a couple of clips that were a minute long so that you can get the gist of it. Listen to the rest of this. So you're you're actually showing a result that's different than what most uh, Americans show. So you have less of a white bias. Uh- She's saying now that most Americans, according to her dog study out of Yale University, most Americans are racist. She's basing this on a dog. Houston, we've got a problem here. Than many of the participants who go to this site. Um, you might also have been skewing your results a little bit because you're on, on radio while you're doing it. Oh, look at that. Skewing the results because you're on radio. Of course she is. She can control whatever she wants because they're interviewing the dog owner, a.k.a. the guardian. And then they're going to attempt to test the actual dog. This is crazy stuff. But you know what? What about me? I'm not a black guy with a hood. I'm not a white guy. I'm the Puerto Rican guy, right? I'm American of Puerto Rican descent. Is there any bias against Latinos? They got something for me, too. Check this out. What if you have a Latino bias or what if you have a, you know, Asian bias? These tests seem to be still in that black-white binary. Yeah, no, there's actually another test that I took where you're supposed to track whether someone looks foreign or is American. Ah. And that looks at Asian and white people. So there's a a ton of different tests. Okay, back to your racist dog. As I finish the test, Lori interrupts me. I think our dog is here right now. Vader is this really sweet, wiggly dog, a pit mix. And he is here to take the dog version of an implicit association test. What we're going to show dogs is a stream of images that includes both faces, white and black, and also uh, dog faces that are either positive or negative. Positive or negative dog faces. They're going to show pictures of faces and pictures of dogs to a dog to see how the dog responds. (laughs) I laugh because you know what? I mean... What the heck does it matter what the colorblind dog sees? Dogs respond to scent and to what they sense. During the week, when I'm at Madison Square Garden, 17 floors above the gardens where we do our thing for This is America, and when we do that, 
there's dogs all over. What are those dogs doing? They are looking for bombs. How do you train the bomb-sniffing dog to look at a picture of a bomb? It doesn't work that way. We can't show dogs positive and negative words, so we show them positive and negative dog expressions. Very happy, kind of smiling dog, uh, and an aggressive barking dog. It's clearly messed up. It's messed up because they're sitting there and they're like, good boy, good boy, and they're giving them treats. How do we know that they're not doing good boy, good boy, and giving them a treat when it's a black person versus a white person? Skewing all of the results. And the point I made earlier, dogs work on scent and they sense things. They're dogs. But anyway, listen to this about the results. The reason we came here in the first place, the reason why you went to Yale um, is to see if Samson's racist. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> surprise, surprise, Samson is not Ivy League material. Lori sent me an email the next day saying that he was just too anxious to be a part of the study. Okay, so now, <laughs> this is what I've been saying from the beginning. It's not about the dog being anxious, but again, the, why does a dog get anxious? Dogs are not just anxious because they're anxious. We're not going to get them antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine. You don't give your dog Xanax. Dogs are anxious because you are anxious. You make them anxious. We lead the dog. Dogs are pack animals. They're waiting for you to do something. If you freak them out, they get freaked out. If you're calm and assertive, they're calm. And they follow your lead. It's really, really simple. But if you're constantly, you know, on top of your dog and going at them, they can be. Now, if you're adopting a dog and they came from a, you know, very kind of volatile environment, then, yeah, they could come with some of those anxieties. Now, granted, no question. And they can become territorial and possessive and all sorts of things. But that's not the issue here. The issue here is they're saying that this poor dog is a racist. And they don't even know if it's with black people or Asian people or Hispanic people because it's really just males with hoods on. But here's what the doctor had to say, because it's basically what I was saying from the beginning. The media is implanting this information on the airwaves, on TV, you name it, wherever you go. Right now, there's a recession and there's racism, 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 and it, and it predates the existence of our country. There's a big debate in the field about whether some of our biases are taught or whether we see them in the world, on the news. You know, maybe we get these negative attitudes towards certain groups because of the things we see on the news. Oh, how novel. What a novel idea. Maybe we get some of these biases because of the things we see in the news. So hold on a second. This woman from Washington, D.C. had to take a drive from Washington, D.C., to New Haven, Connecticut, to go to Yale University, an Ivy League university, to discover that the media may be influencing these biases. Well, I'll do you one better. The great one, Mark Levin, wrote a book called On Freedom of the Press. You need to check it out. He breaks it all down rather academically and historically. The analysis is really spot on. That's probably why it's been on the bestseller list for 15 weeks. But enough of that. Let's get back into this because I want to stay with this storyline. The media is teaching racism. Or maybe it's the subtle nonverbal cues we get from the people around us. You know, if people in an elevator with a different race person tense up just a little bit. Dogs can't pay attention to the first two things. You know, they're not learning from what they see on the news or from anything explicit that people tell them. But they might pay a lot of attention to the nonverbal cues they get from the guardians and the people around us. And so in that sense, dogs provide this cool test for how humans learn their own biases as well. To be honest, though, Shereen, I, you know, I might make it worse. I'm nervous on walks or, you know, when he meets new people that he's going to bark and mm. he gets tense and nervous as a result. 
she just admitted it. The dog is anxious because she's anxious. She's yanking at the dog's collar, so that makes the dog more anxious. You pull a dog away, they want to go forward because they think that they're defending you. They're dogs. That's how dogs work. She really needs a, a quick lesson in being a better dog guardian. All of that aside, the Yale researcher laid it out very plainly. The dog can't learn to be racist from the media, which implies that people can learn to be racist from watching the media. The news is feeding us this baloney day in and day out that everything is racist, 1619, this, that, and the third, racism, racism, and more racism. And it's bull. It comes down to people. If you're a racist, the dog is going to be a racist just like you because the dog emulates what you put out. And the proof is in the pudding, not only from the research, but from her very own dog walker who happens to be a black guy. Listen to this. Once this study gets more traction, Lori says she might have all the guardians of Mm -hmm. these dogs take that computer test I took. And then eventually she might also analyze what zip codes the dogs and their guardians live in. Aha. Hashtag housing segregation and everything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So check out the leap she just took. So the guardians are going to be taking this 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 uh, bias exam, this test, because now we're going to go into the real crux of it. The dog here is is a stooge. They basically want to say, hey, listen, you are you white? I think you're a racist. And the reason I think you're a racist is because I already think so. But I'm going to use this dog and waste Lord knows whose money to do this BS Bolshevik exam uh, study, excuse me, at Yale University just to prove a point. After I can say it's inconclusive with the dog, it's probably you and your behaviors. You're the racist. You should be suffering from white guilt. And therefore, therefore, it's you. And it's now segregation in housing politics. Listen to this. Yeah, exactly. This all tracks, by the way, with what George Sampson's old dog walker told me. So George is black. George is a certified dog behaviorist now. And they were telling me sometimes their clients come to them and say, hey, my dog is racist. I think it's a really funny thing to say to a black person. I think it's an interesting look at the human itself, right? Rather than looking inward and saying, what am I doing to foster the responses my dog is giving? And if you're allowing your your very like imperceptible takes on your walk, inform your dog of how to behave, then that's what it is. And that's what it is. Ultimately, you're the racist, not the dog. And is racism destroying America? No, we already went through that. We went through it and we overcame it and we struggle with pockets of it. But that's by and large gone. And I know people want to push back when I say that, you know, we had Martin Luther King and we went from the civil rights movement to the Voting Rights Act to Barack Obama to having a black president. But the reality, at least in my not so humble opinion, the reality is I have been in situations that racism affected me but i do not every day and i don't feel that i have been held back by it in any way somebody wants to hold me back they're gonna have to do a whole lot better than saying it's because you're puerto rican i get that there's messed up people in this world i truly do 
As a matter of fact, we did a whole segment on that this on this week's podcast, if you want to check it out, at therichvaldez.com, therichvaldez.com. But the reality here is that we are not racists, by and large. America's not a racist nation. It had some very challenging roots, and we've come a long way, and we can continue to make progress. But to paint with this broad brush and now say that people's pets... You know, somebody just sent me a, a Twitter DM saying, dogs, what's next? Squirrels? We're going to just push racism out into every animal so that it's every breath we talk starts with racism and ends with racism. That's Bolshevik. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.